We continue in our series today, we get to. We get to. We get to. What would happen if we had the perspective in life that we get to do this? We get to go to school. We get to learn. We get to become better. We get to pour into kids. Last week, we looked at this topic of being a part of God's rescue mission, that we get to rescue people. And by the way, I see that we've activated two more bulbs out on the found sign in the atrium. There's a total of 42 bulbs on that. 42 minus four is, golly, some moms and dads might need to take some furthering education courses as well. Holy smokes, folks, it's not hard. Um, But yeah, that's praise God for that. I love that we get to celebrate people that were lost and now are found. Amen? Isn't that great? You know you were that way once, right? And God rescued you. God probably used somebody. And we talked about that last week. That it's not a have to to go minister and serve and lead people to Jesus. It's a get to. It's an honor and a privilege to be a part of what God is doing in the world. Do you agree with that? For far too long, we've just sat by, church. We, we've, we've watched people pass us by. And we, we've kind of just been comfortable doing what we do in, in places like this. Or we've been comfortable with our podcasts or the conferences we go to. And we've just lost our focus that we're called to go and teach about Christ. We're called to raise up and make disciples. We get to do that. Last week we looked at The words of Jesus, he said, the harvest is what? Plentiful. Good. One person remembers. Read the Bible. The harvest is plentiful, but the workers are? You see, the problem is not the harvest. The harvest is ready. There are people that are out there ready to be found. The problem are the workers. The workers. The Lord last week reminded us that we need to pray to the Lord of the harvest to send workers into his field, but we get to rescue people. Today, we have another we get to. We get to worship. We get to worship. Now, I don't know what comes to your mind when you hear that word, but we get to worship. You know, worship around here is a big deal to us at 1910. In fact, when we when we, when we started this church, it was one of the things that we desired to create. We wanted to create, there were two big things that we thought were pretty important. We wanted to create environments that boys and girls loved to come to. They wanted to come to church, right? And, and we hope as, as parents that it's, it's not a, a, a drudgery necessarily to get your kids up on, on Sunday mornings, but the kids are ready. I can't wait to go to church. And we've seen them crying when they leave, and we love that. But the other thing was we wanted to create experiences such as this where people could come into the presence of someone greater than them, where they knew that they were in the presence of God, a great God in heaven. We wanted people to be able to come face-to-face with their creator and just leave here going, wow, I just saw the Lord. You know, I've always been jealous of Isaiah in Isaiah chapter 6, you know, that says, I saw the Lord. Whoa. We want to create environments like this, and we work hard to give you opportunities to come into the presence in which you experience God. 
That's why we created a, a fourth worship experience. This, the, there was, there, you know, there have already been people sitting where you sat this morning. There's already people been here today. And this room here is packed. And somebody said, why are, we, why are we starting new services? Because it's full and we want to give people an opportunity to come and experience the greatness of God. We also believe that when we gather in places like this, life change happens. It's just special when you gather. I, I remember promise keepers movements and arenas and stadiums filled with 60,000 dudes. You ever heard dudes sing? Maybe we ought to do that right now. Any di- well, the band's back there eating tacos, I'm sure, so they're, they're not ready, but but there's just something special when, when men sing. And I remember there's something special. I think I'm pretty good on my own. But when I'm with 59,999 others, it's special. There's something about coming together. Life change occurs to see grown men hold hands. What? Chest bump, you know. And I love you. There's just something special that happens. Life change occurs when God's people gather and they worship. You know, that's the most important thing about worship. That's the most important thing we're trying to accomplish when we get together like this. We want to give people the opportunity to engage with God. That's what this time is all about. Worship allowing us to engage with God. It doesn't matter if, uh, if, if everyone hits the right note. In fact, you probably heard somebody singing a little off this morning. It's all right. It's all right. Doesn't matter if you know the band has the right solo at just the right exact time, or or even if they sing a particular song that you like. Listen, what we do in this room is not about you or for you, as I prayed earlier. We've gathered in this house this morning to lift high the name of Jesus, amen? We're here to worship a God that is seated on a throne and he is worthy of it all. Does anybody agree with the pastor this morning? That's why we're here. That's why we're here. We want to give people space. We're trying to create space for you to encounter and connect with God. You see, in worship, we encounter not just a good feeling, but it's in worship that we encounter the person of Jesus Christ. And just as we talked about last week about being a part of this mission here on earth and, and, and rescuing people, here's the deal. I, I believe that, that our efforts to fulfill mission, our efforts to rescue people, they fall short unless we are being transformed more and more into the image of Jesus. That's why times like this are so important. We were created for times like this. We were created to worship. We were created to connect and commune with our great God in heaven. And as we do that, he shapes us. He molds us. He makes us more and more like his son. We've been singing a song the last few weeks from 2 Corinthians 3.18. It says this, so all of us who have had that veil removed can see and we reflect the glory of the Lord. And the Lord, who is the Spirit, makes us more and more like Him as we are changed into His glorious image. You see, in the presence of Jesus in worship, we behold His glory. And we realize that He is the only one. He is the only one. Say only one. He's the only one who can save us in our sinful world. 
He makes us more and more like him as we come into his presence. And we give him what he's worthy of and we declare that he is God and we are not. You see, it's in times like this, it's in times of meeting God in worship that that propels us to, to carry on the mission of Jesus here in the world. So see, this rescue mission that we talked about last week and this call to go and teach and, and the command to make disciples, it, it flows directly from the worship that the church participates in. The worship that you spend in time personally with your Lord. Oh, we need this. Amen? You know, the New Testament is clear that God's people are to regularly gather for corporate worship. It's really clear that, that, that times like this are, are important for us as the church to, to, to come together. And in fact, the, the, this is apparent by the frequent use of, of a Greek word that you find, ekklesia. And that word simply means the gathered assembly of God's people. You see, if you read anything in, in the New Testament, especially about the early church, we know that, 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 that there was a personal... Uh, time that they would spend with the Lord, but it also says that not only would they gather from house to house, but they would gather in those temple courts as well, collectively as a body of Christ. In fact, it's interesting that I was reading, you, you, you know, worship on Sundays was, is what set the, the, the early church apart because the Sabbath was the Saturday, right? Sunday was a work day. But the church gathered on Sunday sent a clear, different message to a, to a Jewish world that they were different, that they were set apart. They were a different type of an assembly gathered together to worship. It's a message that we send today, that we gather on, on, on this day and we are a called out body of believers that will lift high the name of Jesus. Amen. This meeting that we are a part of is, is, is a corporate response to God, not just an individual response. Because I know, I know that your lives this week, you've been walking and worshiping the Lord all throughout your day, haven't you? You've made that time. You've carved out that time. You've, you've spent time in prayer. You've spent time where I, I love the Facebook posting this week. Somebody posted of, of one of our devotions that we give. And by the way, we have free devotional guides for you today here at Guest Services and they posted, man, these are some powerful devotions this week. I love that. I love when people are getting jacked up from their time with Jesus. Amen. I love when it messes you up a little bit. We know that your personal time with the Lord is huge and you can worship him. You don't have to have lights and a band and haze and, you know, an attractive pastor to chat. Why are you laughing? Just kidding. You don't have to have that to worship the Lord. I get that. But isn't it special? Isn't it powerful what we just experienced this morning collectively? Singing together. Being able to see somebody that you've not seen since this same time last week. Hey, hey, teachers, faculty, staff, was that not powerful for students to come to you and lay hands on you and pray over you just a few moments ago? Something tells me that's not normal on the BISD hallway campuses. Amen? It's different. There's something special that happens when we gather. In fact, I remember the writer in Hebrews chapter 10 says, let us think of ways that we can motivate one another to acts of love and good works. Let us not neglect our meeting together as some people do, but let us encourage one another, especially now that the day of his return is drawing near. 
Now, let me share something with you. This is important. Focus. Don't doze off right now, sir. Listen. A personal relationship with Jesus Christ is an individual experience, but it is far from a private experience. when, 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 When I gave my life to Jesus Christ, it was just me and the Lord. And I prayed, Lord, Please save me. And he came into my life. Now, there were probably tons of people in the church I was growing up said, Lord, please save that kid. You know that Jason needs you, Jesus. He's horrible. And we know. But but, but that moment, as much as my parents were praying and a pastor was praying or or other people, that moment that I gave my life to Christ was, was an individual experience. I did it. My parents couldn't do that for me. I had to do it. But when I became a Christian, it was no longer just for me. It was no longer a private experience. You see, when you become a Christian, your faith is not dependent on anyone else. Each of us is saved by our own trust in Jesus. Are you with me so far? However, when a person becomes a believer in Christ, he or she immediately becomes a part of something more than themselves, become a part of the family of God. Make sense? So I prayed to ask Christ in my life individually, but at that moment, I was thrust into a family, something much bigger than me. You see, just as a baby is born into a family and grows and matures, So we as Christians are born into spiritual families that help us grow and mature. For those of you that have had children, you you, you gave birth to that child, but you don't leave that child on their own. That baby needs you. You you, you help that baby as it grows. You help that baby as it it proceeds through life. You you feed that baby. You you help that baby with sometimes with decisions. You, You dress that kid, right? Sometimes you discipline that kid. Praise God for discipline, amen? I needed it. I still need it, right? But we help them. That baby can't make it on its own. It needs other people to surround it, to grow it. Hey, church, listen, you need that too. You you may think that, hey, I got this. At the age of nine years old, I can say, hey, you know what? I got this. Jesus loves me, this I know. That's, I got this. Parents, Leave me. No. I needed other people to say, hey, Jason, listen, this is what God has for you. Students, I needed people along those years of school to say, hey, listen, those probably aren't the best decisions to make. Hey, you know what? Those people are probably not the best ones to associate with. Hey, students, hey, let me give you a word real quick. This is bonus Bible. He who walks with the wise grows wise, but a companion of fools will suffer harm. If you walk with wise people this school, your students, guess what? You will grow wise. But I'm just telling you, if you walk with foolish people and surround yourself with foolish people, guess what the promise of God's word is? (laughs) You will suffer harm. Just think about that. But we need other people just as a baby, and we are born into a family of God. We need other believers that can pray with us and we can worship with. We, We... in fact, Jesus told us to do these things in Hebrews. We need to meet together. 
You see, meeting together is important to our spiritual growth and encouragement. We are to spur one another on, the author in Hebrews 10 said. We're to push each other towards all these things that God has for us. You see, it's in environments like this that that we learn, just as you guys are going to walk onto school campuses tomorrow to to further your education. It's in, in environments like this that God grows us in our faith, that we learn some things. Ladies, you have golden opportunity starting in two weeks to immerse yourself in a growing environment called Radiant Bible Studies. Men, you have the same opportunities. We have life groups, and we'll talk more about that in, in, in a couple of weeks, but we have growth. This place should help us learn more of the Lord. Amen? It's in places like this that we sing praises to God. Now, listen, I know that you can sing in your car, and I know that you sound great in your shower. You are American Idol. I get it. I get it. But I'm telling you, there's something powerful happening in this room this morning. I've sang all week. I have. But it was not as powerful as what I just experienced on the front row here. We sing praises to the Lord here. We, we, we pray together in, in environments like this. In our gatherings, we pray. It's good to come together. Why do we do this? Because God deserves it. He deserves it. He deserves our worship. And it's in gatherings like this that we worship and we can celebrate together God's love and his grace. I love what the psalmist writes in Psalm chapter 73. We, we, we worship God because of who he is. He says, whom have I in heaven but you? And look at this declaration the psalmist makes. I desire you more than anything on earth. Is that you today? Could you say, hey, Jason, just as the psalmist wrote years ago, that is my heartbeat today. That is who I desire God more than anything. Has that been your attitude when you clocked in? Lord, I just desire you more than anything. How about Wednesday? How about Thursday? Checking your kid into college. Wasn't mine. I was like, I want her, Lord. I don't want to let go. The psalmist says, Lord, I desire you more than anything on earth. You see, the writer of this verse understood that God and God alone is worthy of praise because just for who he is. He would go on to later write, better is one day in your courts than a thousand elsewhere. Hey, church, hey, worshiper. Are we consumed with God as the psalmist was consumed with God? Do we desire him more than anything? Listen, he's worthy of our praise. He's worthy of our worship. He is the greatest. He is the utmost. He is the supreme creator of the universe who continuously displays his love to you, to people everywhere. There is nothing, there is no one greater than our God. Do you believe that? When we gather in places like this, we have the opportunity and the privilege every week to gather with like-minded people who are focused on God. Amen. 
You know, in the Old Testament, the word for worship, it literally meant to bow down. It literally meant to, 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 to get on your knees or, or to get on, on your face before the very thing or the very one that you were worshiping. As, as, as worshiping believers, our, our hearts and, and our minds and our lives should bow down before the one who created us, the one who sustains us by his love. Now, now again, hear my heart. I, I know that, that, that this doesn't have to happen in a church building. I get that. So don't send me emails. I can worship on my own. You're right. I don't need you to remind me of that. I get it. I do. I worship that way as well. We don't have to have all this to to worship the Lord. In fact, you know what? This time ought to be just a celebration of what you've been doing personally with the Lord throughout the week. You know what? This should not be your only worship experience during the week. You know that, right? In fact, when you come in here, the reason I jump and bounce is because of what God's been doing in my personal worship with him throughout the week. Amen? You ought to try it. It's really good. But this is a culmination of what's already been happening since last Sunday in my life. You don't have to have this. But, oh, make no mistake about it. It is special when God's people gather together. When we come together in a room like this, we're, we're, we're showing our culture, and we're, I believe we're showing to God, hey, this is important to us. We believe in this. Worship, we get to. We get to worship. It's not a have to. We get to. They had a family in our church that I love to look at Facebook every Sunday morning because they're going to post a picture about coming to church. Sometimes they're not. They're normally smiling. We get to go to the house to worship. Did we just have a light situation happen in the room? That's awesome. Holy Spirit's present. Worship. Worship is giving God the best that he's given you. Do you give God your best? Did, did he get your best this morning? Did you really give him everything that you had? You know, you need to be careful with giving the best that you have. So many of us are, are going to start giving our best on Friday nights or Saturdays at sporting events. Or when your girls played volleyball this week, and congratulations to the Bernie High School volleyball team for winning first place in their tournament this weekend. Amen. But we, we understand about giving our best. Please be careful with what you give your best to. This morning, we have an opportunity to give our best to the one who is worthy of it all. He deserves our best. It's not that we need to think about it or should I get? No, we give God our best. And we've given God our best this morning through singing. And we're going to sing here again in just a few moments. We've got men and women right now that are back in our kids' building that are giving God their best by pouring into your kids. Many of you walked in here today. In fact, we don't talk about tithes or offerings here at 1910. Our, our boxes simply say, what do they say on the top of it? My best. <laughs> You see, you need to be careful with what you do with your best. Who deserves our best? We believe that it's a God in heaven. 
That's why we're going to catch to come into the presence and, and gathering place, places like this because we believe that this is a love gift that we are giving back to the one that's given us so much. That's why we have these four opportunities. And by the way, can I tell you another thing that's exciting for me? It's why we've created a, a, another opportunity for us to gather each week. It's called Collide. And, and it's kind of a, a rethinking and a repurposing and a refocus for us when it comes to prayer at 1910 Church. And instead of having prayer as a part of a, of a myriad of other events and teachings and gatherings going on on a Wednesday night, here's what we've chosen. We've drawn a line and said, so here's what we're going to do. On Thursday night, this room, and we're going to pray. We're going to seek the face of God. We may sing a song or two or, or whatever, but then we're going to pray. We're going to go before a uh, 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 God in heaven and we're going to cry out to him and we're going to sing to him and, and we're going to just lavish our love on him because we believe he's worthy. On a Thursday night, I didn't even think that was biblical that you could pray on Thursdays, but we're, we're kind of weird around here at 1910. But we're going to gather starting the first Thursday in September, the third, September the third. And we're going to worship God through prayer. We want to invite you to come be a part of that why he's worthy he's worthy he's worthy of that church to be known for is that this is a church of worshipers that we worship God you see everything else about this thing called the Christian life flows from our worship if we believe that God is who he says he is and that he's worthy of it all We'll worship him. And as I worship him, then I get a clearer sense of who he is and what he wants to do through my life. And then everything else in this thing called the Christ life flows through my worship of him. Do we believe he's worthy of it all? Do we believe that he's worthy of it all? Lord, I pray that that this would be a house of worship, that we would believe, God, that you deserve it and that you are worthy of it all, God. There's no one else like you. God, we stand and we declare that very truth today, that you are good and you are worthy of it all. Church, this morning we respond and stand.